the last of the Masechta. Uh, very exciting, and there are actually two separate topics, at least, in this Mishnah. Um, the first is talking about the ability for a lender to collect from the Chasam Mishubadim. We talked about that a moment ago in the previous Mishnah. Um, let me explain this out further now and explain sort of in a, in a preemptive kind of way what's going on here in the Mishnah. So, the notion is if, if uh, Shimon borrows money from Reuven, whatever real assets, meaning land and things attached to land, which are called Nechasim Meshubadim or Nechasim Shesh Lemachrayas, because they stand by, they're Meshubad, they're like encumbered, there's like a lien, like a mortgage on them. They have a Chrayas because they sort of stand as sort of like almost like an Arav, a guarantor, that if the borrower defaults, the lender can now go and collect from those um, other properties that the borrower had. And even if the borrower sells them to a third party, then the lender can go to that third party and say, listen, I'm like the bank with the first mortgage. I had a lien here when I made the loan. This property belonged to the guy who sold it to you. And and uh, now I'm going to make it's it's lien to me. I get first dibs on it, so I have to be made whole from this property. Now, how is that fair to the third party? So the answer is, it's only fair because it ostensibly was a, a matter of uh, public knowledge that the borrower had taken a loan and his properties had liens on them. How is this supposed to happen? So the thought is, nowadays we do things like title searches, but in those days, the thought is, if you had a loan and it was a quote-unquote public loan, so then the matter is public, and the purchaser could do homework and find out how would a loan become public? It would have to be a loan that was written down in a formal way with two witnesses signing on it. Since there are two witnesses, it's a formal thing, the word is out, and everyone, you know, the word's out on the street, like there's a there's a loan out, there'll be like a, I guess, a loan registry or something similar, people know. Okay, so obviously if it's a private affair between just borrower and lender and there's no witnesses um, and no formal contract, so then how's the how could the buyer of the buyer of the property that used to be owned by the borrower ever know? He couldn't, so he wouldn't. His, there wouldn't be a lien on his property. So it has to be where there's a written contract and two witnesses. If it's a written contract, like an IOU, but no witnesses, that's not good enough. If there are two witnesses but not, no written contract, that's not good enough because both those events are not sufficiently public that the word would get out. But if it's written and signed by two witnesses, the word should be out, and the purchaser is the one who has the responsibility to look at things before he buys the property. So that's what the mission says inside. It says, Hamal ves chavero if you lend, Reuven lends to Shimon using a contract, and the contract has witnesses signing on it, so then, in the event that the borrower defaults on the loan, the lender can go to the properties which have liens on them, because they were owned by the borrower at the time the loan was made, and go and collect on those properties, even if they're now in the hands of a third party. If the loan was made, but um, there are witnesses who saw the loan made, but they didn't use the star, just was like a milva alpa, a verbal, you know, loan with two witnesses observing it. So then it's not a public event, and therefore, the lender can only collect from, well, is the opposite of Meshubadim. Like the Shoresh, the root of the word Meshubadim is Eved, like a slave, so to speak. And Bnei means like free men. The point is properties that are not encumbered, that are still sort of free and clear, owned by the borrower. Similarly, if the lender pulls out of his pocket an IOU that's written and signed by the borrower, but no witness is signing on it. So again, even though it's a written contract, and it's a, you might think that's like a mil of a bishtar, loan with a contract. No, no, no. Since 
there's no witness assigning it. It's like a private affair. It's as good as an oral contract, and therefore, gova minachasim b'nei the lender can only collect from property belonging to the borrower and not from a third party who purchased from the borrower. Okay. Now, um, like a related topic here. It's like we're not really moving to a new topic. It's a related idea. What happens if the Arev, the guarantor who signs on the contract to be a guarantor, his guarantee is written onto the IOU, the document, the star, but it's written after the signatures of the Edom, of the witnesses who effectuated the contract. Meaning normally what happens is the contract would say, Reuben's lending $100 to Shimon, Shimon's going to pay back next Tuesday, and Warren stands as the guarantor. And then the witnesses sign. Here it says, Reuben's lending money to Shimon. It doesn't mention any guarantor. Two witnesses sign it. And then beneath the signatures of the, of the witnesses, then Warren signs. And if he says, listen, if Shimon doesn't repay you, I'll repay you. Signed Warren Buffett. So then, um, says the Mishnah, then of course Warren is obligated because he did a formal commitment. He'll have to pay uh, on his as an Arav, as a guarantor, in the event that the borrower defaults, but only from Bnei Choren, only from his private assets, because since he signed, like, below the Adam signatures, the witnesses' signatures, so his commitment to stand as a guarantor is like a private affair. How could people know? So when Warren sells his property to somebody else, how could that somebody else know that Warren's, um, you know, made a previous pledge, which would encumber and put a lien on these properties? The purchaser couldn't know, and therefore... When the lender comes to collect from Warren, the guarantor, he only can connect from Bnei Choren, not from properties he sold. Now, as the Mishnah gets towards this conclusion, we say, something like this actually once happened. Misa, once it happened, Balifnei Rabbi Yishmol, and Rabbi, a situation in which the guarantor had signed beneath the witnesses, and now the lender wants to collect from the guarantor. Uh, so Rabbi Yishmol said, Ba'amar, he says to the lender, you only can collect from property that's currently still owned by the guarantor. You can't get property that is now he's sold to somebody else. For the reasons we just said. Now on that, Amrlo Ben Nanas. Ben Nanas. Um, he's a Tana. He didn't have smicha, hence he's not a rabbi. His name was Shimon Ben Nanas. And he disagrees. Amrlo Ben Nanas. Eino Gove. Lo Menachasim Meshubadna. Lo Menachasim Ben Echorin. Benana says nothing doing. The lender who made a loan with a contract that was signed by witnesses without mentioning the guarantor, and the guarantor signed afterwards beneath the witnesses' signatures, so that lender cannot collect from the guarantor at all, period, neither from his sole properties or even the properties he currently owns. Why? Amrlo Lama. So Rabbi Shmuel says to Benana, how come? Amrlo, Benana says back to him, because hooray, I'll give you like a, a mushal. Here's a here's a metaphor. You know, hachonek es echad b'shuk. You know, there's Reuven strangling Shimon in the in the market. You know, because Shimon defaulted on his loan, and now Reuven's ready to kill him. And umatzol chavero, and Shimon, who's there, you know, being suffocated to death, uh, sees his buddy Warren passing by. And he says, Warren, tell him, tell him you'll you'll pay my loan. So then, v'amarlo hanachlo. So Warren says to Reuven, do me a favor, put Shimon down. Let him live. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. So then, even though Warren said that, Putter, he's not like formally bound. There's no formal kidney here. There's no commitment that binds a Warren to pay this, 
He was just stepping to the breach to save Shimon. So therefore, since, and here's the essential lambdas here, since Shalom al emunaso hilvahu, since the loan from Reuven to Shimon was never made predicated, like based on the guarantee, the integrity, the reliability, the assurances of the guarantor, no, Reuven the money to Shimon, period. Later on, the guarantor steps up to the plate, whether it's in the shuk with the borrower being strangled, or whether it's on the contract, which the loan was made and the witnesses signed it, and it's like a done deal. Reuben's laying money to Shimon, and there's no mention of a guarantor. And the guarantor then says, after this, yeah, yeah, and if not, I'll pay. So then, uh, there's no collectability at all, no formal obligations on on the behalf of the guarantor. Ela Ezu Arev Shuchayev says, Benanas, what's the kind of Arev who is obligated to make good? That's Halveu Va'aninosen Lach. If prior to the loan happening, the guarantor says, please, Reuven, lend money to Shimon, and I'll serve as your guarantor. Then, of course, then of course, the guarantor is obligated to make good in the event of default from the borrower. Shaker al-Munaso hilvahu, because the loan was made based on the assurances, and only on the assurances of the guarantor. Had the guarantor not made the assurances to be a guarantor, to guarantee the loan, then Reuven wouldn't have never let lent money to Shimon in the first place. On that, Amr, Rabbi Yishmol, Rabbi Yishmol said, this is like finishing up the whole Masechet, and remember really, originally, uh, Bava Basa was actually part of a larger Masechet, Masechet Nazikin, which started back in Bava Kama, so it's 30 Prakim, and it covers all of, basically, Dine Mamanos, torts, the personal laws, um, financial laws, so now we're like reflecting on the whole past 30 prakim, so to speak. I'm Rabbi Yishmol, if someone wants to get smart, get wise, so then, his efforts should be to master Dine Mamanos towards the topics of the Zikin. Why? Um, there's nothing, there's no area of Torah bigger than that. It's like a, Spring that keeps on flowing. In other words, if you have a well or like a cistern, it can dry up. But a, a mayan, the, the spring, you can take and take and take and it never dries up. There's always more flowing out of it. The idea being that human ingenuity is so, you know, great and sort of infinite in its creative capacity. There's always more what ifs and new structures and new deals and new kinds of arrangements and new, you know, unexpected circumstances and the like. And therefore, uh, there's sort of unlimited possibilities to consider when you're getting involved in Dini which wouldn't be the case in other areas of halacha. Tveris Rolls has a second angle, which I liked very much. He says, listen, when it comes to, like, say, you're a Deya, you're something kosher, or or Chaim, you know, do I have to bench again or something? So then, the rabbi, who's supposed to answer the question, can essentially be lazy or stupid or uninformed or whatever, and just say, listen... He can be machmir. He can say, "Yeah, just do it again. Bench again, or you know, don't eat the food. Throw it away." It's easy to be machmir, okay? And you can just be machmir, and and that way you don't have to know. You don't have to really exert yourself to get to the bottom, bottom line. You can just say, "I'm not exactly sure," so let's just err to the side of caution. But when it comes to dine mamanos, you have two litigants. There's like a zero sum game, right? Reuven says Shimon owes him money, so there's no such thing as being lenient because whatever you find, decide, whatever dar you give. Teruven comes out of Shimon's pocket and vice versa. Therefore, you're not at liberty to sort of be just, just simply be machmir, and that's that. You have to really plumb the depth of the luck and get it clear. So therefore, says Rabbi Shmuel, that's a great thing you have to do, that's just unique to Dinei So that's the place to be yachim, to get smart, sharp, 
and, and is to think in these, these terms where you're forced to clarify things to the nth degree. Um, further, says Rabbi Shmuel, as a praise to Benanas, Yeshamash as Shimon Benanas, he one should um, serve and study under Shimon Benanas, who really was the pro when it comes to Dine Mamanos. Um, so here we have Rabbi Shmuel being a Mishabeach, lauding uh, uh, Shimon Benanas for his his uh, expertise and his insight. Uh, but notwithstanding that, the halacha actually isn't like Benanas. The halacha is like Rabbi Yishmol, uh, meaning that if a person um, acts as an Arav and he takes on a formal uh, Kenyan, even if it happens after the loan has been made, still with the formal Kenyan, he actually becomes uh, obligated in a formal way and he has to make good as a guarantor in the event that the, the lender is demanding, the lender can't collect from the borrower, he's now coming to him, the guarantor, the guarantor would have to pay. And with that, Baruch Hashem, we finish Mesechas Bava Basra, Sagh Mesechas Bava Basra, and uh, next up, Bez Hashem is Mesechas Sanhedrin.